We welcome all of our new online listeners. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, the hosting pastor of XL Church in IOM America. My wife Jane and I are blessed that you decided to join us. XL represents Exchange Life. Our church is an outreach of IOM America. Everything we do sits upon the pedestal of compassion. So let's get started. Enjoy the worship, illustrative videos, prayer, and weekly message. Don Moen, Psalm 22, verse 3, promises that God will be enthroned on the praises of His people. Worship you, 
Lord, come and change our lives. All right, all right.
rise, Lord. Be enthroned on the praises of your people. <laughs> yes. Hi, friends. I want you to take a moment today and just think about God's amazing love. Uh, he loved us when we were quite unlovable people, and I'm so glad uh, that he did. Uh, he reached out to people like me and you, and you know, when we when we had no intention of serving him, of loving him. But uh, the Bible says uh, in Romans chapter five, verse um, six, seven, and eight. I'll read three of them. When we were utterly helpless. Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He sent Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And... um a uh, little bit from Romans chapter 8. Uh, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And um, uh, he, he loved us so much he gave his son to die for us while we were quite unlovable people. So Lord, we thank you for that today. Make us more aware of your love for us. Thank you for reaching out to us when we were unlovable people. Thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for us. We give you praise. We give you thanks. And I just pray for all my friends right now that you would just touch them uh, surround them with your love, no matter what they're going through. Let them feel your love surrounding them. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. We're on a journey, a journey through the book of Revelation. Our main theme is unfolding the power of prophecy. One of the key things we need to keep in mind here is that the book of Revelation is not a book of prophecies. It is prophecies that you've been given since the first day of man being fulfilled. We're honored that you decided to join us. We certainly expect you to be challenged and blessed. Most Christians today avoid the study of this book 
There's probably good reasons to that because of the supposed symbols that are within this book. We need to take special care of those symbols because those symbols are communicating exact truth about the book of Revelation. As for our little fellowship, the Lord has blessed us with a deep understanding of his prophecies. I personally have been studying them for over 30 years. We pray that all who listen today will be motivated to study his final words to the seven churches. This is number 33 in our series. Let's review our scripture for today. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. One saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they would kill a third of mankind. The number of armies of the horsemen was two hundred million and I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw the vision, the horses and those who sat upon them. The riders had breastplates the color of fire, and of hyacinth, and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, and the fire and the smoke, and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths, and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents, and have heads, and with them they do harm. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as to not worship demons, and the idols of gold and silver, and of brass and stone and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. They did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. That's found in Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 21. Let's review the two power supplies. The war over the powers of the earth has always been up for grabs, at least from the perspective of depraved humanity, The truth of the matter, there are only two, God and his enemy, Satan. Both powers demand to be worshipped by humans and spirits. Well, as for the deception of humanity, thinking that they can be a superpower, this trumpet shout reveals the mission of the seven trumpets to reduce the earthly power struggle between God and his enemy. As our trumpets reveal, all humans who get in the way of this battle or side with the domain of darkness 
are simply killed. By God's hand, I might add. After five months of torment and torture revealed in the fifth trumpet, we have new developments on the horizon. As we look to the east, we find angels and 200 million demonic warriors about to be released. Who are these warriors and what are they about to do? Let us first look at the angels that have been posted at the great river Euphrates. That's in Iraq, by the way. Since God closed the gate behind Adam and Eve after being chased out of the garden. Let's go back to the garden for a moment. It says in Genesis 3.24, So he drove the man out. In the east of the garden he stationed the cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. We first must review some Hebrew facts here. In the tabernacle of old, there were two altars. One stood on the outside of the courtyard and one stood on the inside, right outside the Holy of Holies, the place of God, which was directly in front of the veil, which covered the Holy of Holies. The golden altar is twice referred to in the book of Revelation. We find it in chapter 8, verse 3, and then again in chapter 9, verse 13. Let's review those two altars. The brazen altar is mentioned six times in the book of Revelation. The brazen altar was the altar of sacrifice. Each day, morning and evening, Except on the Day of Atonement, incense was burning before the Holy of Holies in the golden altar. Although on the Day of Atonement, blood was sacrificed upon the four golden horns of the altar, and the brazen altar was where the blood was shed, pointing to the cross and the shed blood of Jesus. Now in verse 13 of our passage, we learn that I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. In keeping with comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, we know that the blood poured over the four horns is the symbol of the sacrificial blood of Jesus. Thus, knowing that the voice is none other than the voice of the Savior. The incense burning before the Holy of Holies is the tabernacle of old, and it is the holy symbol of prayers of sacrifices by the saints. Anytime you read about incense, know that you can safely translate it over to the meaning of prayers. Now we can visually see in our mind's eye that Jesus surrounds us with his voice before the throne of the Father. Now in looking at verse 14, we learn that this voice, the voice of Christ, releases the four angels who have been bound at the river Euphrates. Keep in mind that these angels have been posted in waiting for new orders since the days of Adam and Eve. They had been ordained and prepared for this very hour, day, month, and year, stated in this passage. Talk about sovereignty. Remember, these are not the same four angels stated in Revelation 17, 1 through 3. Those angels stand 
on the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west. These angels are ordered to loose the human and satanic instruments of destruction and judgment. Now let's take a look at those four angels. The river Euphrates is mentioned only twice in Revelation. First time it is in chapter 9 verse 14 and the second time is in chapter 16 verse 12. The river is 1,780 miles long. The Nile River and the Euphrates form the borders of the Promised Land, the Holy Land God gave to Abraham. You can read about that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Many, like me, believe these boundaries are the original boundaries of the Garden of Eden, which gives sound reason to why angels were posted at the four ends of both rivers. These angels are prepared to carry out their new orders, and that is, of course, that they may kill a third of mankind. The method these angels enact this global devastation is by way of the 200 million demonic warriors. There are three views as to the who of these warriors. The first is demons bound to the river Euphrates, Two is Muslims, the armies of Ishmael. And the third view is China, the world's largest enemy of global community. The astounding number that the scriptures are revealing to us is this 200 million warriors that are ready. While there's plenty of arguments over which one of these three is the host to these 200 million warriors... A fact that we do know is that this is the largest number of battle-ready soldiers in the history of world wars, without question. Two-thirds refuse to repent. We find this in verse 20. And it shows us that even though these warriors wiped out a third of all of mankind, the remaining two-thirds refuse to repent. It seems that there would be a small season of repentance after this terrible slaughtering, but the consciences of the remaining people are seared and cold. Paul even references this in Thessalonians. It says, Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming, that is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan. With all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false, in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. That's right out of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. The simple facts are, if the world does not choose to believe before the rapture occurs, it will be impossible to become saved afterward, that is, outside of the 144,000 bloodline Jews. 
After the rapture, there will be a strong global delusion. Lies that hold people from seeing the truth. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will be removed from the earth during the tribulation. And as we know, it takes the Holy Spirit to lead people to Christ. There will be four sins that will bring bondage during this time. Murder, sorceries, which is worship of demons, immorality, and theft. These people will be 100% spiritually blind and depraved in mind, according to Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. They will be completely given over to the devil and his political, religious, and economical system of deception. Now when looking at the time of the blowing of the sixth trumpet, the Holy Spirit and the Bride of Christ will be in heaven preparing for the marriage supper. It is amazing to me to think about how all this stuff is going on on the earth, horrid stuff, and the most hellish war is about to be declared, but yet the Bride of Christ is in heaven preparing for the great marriage supper. The devil will be running wild, engulfing the entire earth with his hatred, and yet God takes the time to bless and nurture his bride in heaven. This is simply amazing. The message and warning are for the unsaved to get under the blood or you will end up in God's fire. We need to ready ourselves. We need to prepare to meet God. We need to set off the alarm for the next generation. The truth that is revealed in the sixth trumpet is not to be taken lightly. Although, as we read in our passage, after the rapture, not one soul will listen. Our up-and-coming message comes to us out of Revelation chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. It says, I saw another angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a white cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book which was open. He placed his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried out, the seven pearls of thunder uttered their voices. Our topic today is difficult to understand, particularly those who are caught up in an exaggerated view of God's love. How could a God of love take four of his angels and release 200 million demonic warriors to destroy a third of all of the humans on the earth? Well, the simple fact is, God has spent 6,000 years warning people that this day was coming. This is not an impulsive act by God. He literally laid out the entire Bible, preparing the people for what he was about to do if they did not hearken to his voice and receive the indwelling of his Son's Holy Spirit and be redeemed and made alive in his kingdom. So plenty of warnings were given by the Lord, 
And what we're looking at through this sixth trumpet being blasted is that God says, it's too late. And plus the people that are on the earth during this time have such seared consciences that they wouldn't and couldn't hear the truth to be set free. So therefore God has to start his terminating process of mankind. The closer we get to the second half of the book of Revelation, things are going to get pretty intense. There's no way that we can understand all of the finite details of what God is doing and how he does it. But he did give us the book of Revelation to study, to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what he is saying, what he has said throughout the prophecies from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Our next message in talking about this strong angel coming down out of heaven is going to start opening the door of Christ Jesus directly dealing with the enemy toe-to-toe and face-to-face. We are glad that you joined us today. We understand that studying the book of Revelation is a challenge. We also want you to remember that it is impossible for you to comprehend the deep truths stated in the book of Revelation unless you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit living inside you. If you're an unbeliever, a non-Christian listening to these particular messages, at some point in time you're going to have to make a decision to either refute Christ or to accept him. In the PDF of this particular message, in most of our messages, we have a salvation prayer at the bottom of that PDF. Please keep that in mind. Again, thank you for joining us. We look forward to reconnecting with you in our next message. Until next time.